the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, amen. We've just heard the Gospel uh, of John 4, where Jesus meets this woman at the well. And uh, he meets this woman at the well, and she's coming, at, she's coming to the well at 12 noon. And I don't know um, how many of you have had the, the opportunity to wander around in the Middle East at around 12 noon, but it is scorching hot. The sun is high above you, um, and it's the, the last time in the universe you would want to be walking around carrying something heavy like water for the day or for the week. So there was reason that she was there at that time, and, and many commentators tell us that it's pro she probably had a bit of a seedy past and probably didn't want to deal with people and probably was wearing her own kind of headgear that kind of kept her from making eye contact with people because, because she just didn't want to be seen, she didn't want to be known, she didn't want anything she didn't want anything from anybody other than for people to leave her alone. And to her chagrin, to her, to her dismay, she finds somebody at the well when nobody is supposed to be there at this ungodly forsaken hour of 12 noon where the sun is scorching hot. And she comes to the well and she finds somebody there. And the message for you and for me today is that as you draw near to God, He draws near, He also draws near to you. Like we heard in the epistle of St. James chapter 4 today, St. James is telling us, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Flee from the devil and He will flee from you. There's a certain, there's a certain attraction between the human soul and God and, and there's a certain attraction between you and and God and as you draw near to God I promise you he draws near to you as well we don't know what was going on in the heart of that woman that we can describe as drawing near to God but something had been prepared something had been marinating in that heart for some time in such fashion that when she met Christ when she met Christ he was able he was able to work with her Jesus met lots of other people. Jesus met the scribes and the Pharisees. And Jesus met all kinds of other people who crucified him, right? So people often say, well, if Jesus was here, well, Jesus was here and Jesus is here. You just can't see him. But when you put two magnets together, you can't see what's happening, but you can see the effect of something you can see the attraction that exists there you can see that one thing is drawing near to the other and the other is drawing near to it as well it's almost like a synergistic action between the two and the physicists in the room and there are a few so I don't want to make a fool of myself trying to remember physics from like 20 years ago but if I remember correctly, as the two things get closer together, the attraction gets exponentially stronger. So it's every step you take towards God, He is taking a step towards you. And that step and your step isn't only additive. It's like synergistic. It's like, it's like three and three make nine, not three and three make six. 
So the, today, God is giving you and me a word of encouragement. The first is that as you draw near to Him, the, the effects of, of the work that you do, you woke up early, you took a shower on a Sunday, and you dragged yourself out of bed, and you haven't had anything to eat or drink, and you came to church, you made a certain effort. You did a certain work. And you think that, you know, you're, you're hoping that you're going to get, what do people say, your money's worth, you know? You're hoping that if, you know, um, uh, we have these grocers that, that are, like, I, li I, I live in Blue West Village, there's like four or five, four, four grocers, little, little shops, you know what I mean? They remind you of the old world, you know, where you didn't go to the supermarket, you went to the, to, to, to the guy who sold the fruits and then to the guy who sold the vegetables and so on. It's a little bit like that. I walk out of the house sometimes and I'm like, oh, it'll be faster if I pay cash. So I'll rummage around and I'll find a $20 bill. And I never know how much this $20 bill will buy me. Sometimes it buys me enough that my arms are going to hurt on my way home. Sometimes I'm coming home with like a head of kale, you know, and I'm like, how did this happen? You know, how does $20 buy you this one day and $20 buy you that the other day? And every day I'm walking out and going to the grocery, I'm hoping that my $20 is going to buy me what? my money's worth, whatever that is, whatever that is in your head, your my money's worth. And as you put effort into anything, as you put effort into your life with God, as you put effort into coming to church, as you put effort into whatever it may be, you're kind of hoping it's going to be worth it, right? I want to tell you that it's not going to be worth it. It's going to be that much more. The first thing is this law of attraction between us and God. Draw near to God and God doesn't stay stationary. God draws near to you. So when you draw near to God by two meters, you don't get two meters closer to God. You don't get four meters closer to God. You get like six meters closer to God. He's not only moving towards you and you're moving towards him, but somehow, mystically, mysteriously, the distance becomes, becomes shorter. So be encouraged. Be encouraged in your life with God, in your relationship with God, wherever you feel you're at, wherever you think you are. Be encouraged that it doesn't depend all on you. The, 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 the deck of cards has been stacked and it's been stacked in your favor. That's the, first, that's the first message today. The second message today is that our God is a gracious God. In the first reading that we read from St. Paul's Epistle to Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about the armor of God. The armor of who? The armor of God. So whose armor does this belong to? God. Where does this armor come from? God. It's, it's his. It's his working. It's his engineering. It's his fabrication. And it's his gift to you. It's his gift to you. All you and I have to do is to put it on. And I'm not going to go through a detailed exhortation of all that it is, but that's exactly what this woman at the well found. She found a gracious God. Look, you're here for a reason. I don't know what it is, and I don't need to know. But you're here for a reason. Whatever that reason is, 
Think of yourself like this woman who comes to the well. She comes to the well. I'm here for a reason. I'm coming to the well. And I'm hoping the well ain't dry. And I'm hoping I'm not going to bump into other people. And I'm hoping a whole bunch of other things. Says St. Fotini as she was named after her baptism. St. Fotini, enlightened, equal to the apostles. She comes to the well. She wants a couple of pitchers of water that will last her, hopefully, a couple of days. She comes and she meets somebody who tells her, you want this water, but I have a different water. The water that I give you will make you to never thirst and never need to come. And she says, give me this water so I may not, not, not need to come to this well ever again. And he says to her, the, the water that I give you will become a spring inside of you unto everlasting life. She is coming for water to sustain her life, her physiological life, until the next time she's going to come to the well. Jesus wants to give her a spring. I come, I come with my hands like this to God and say, God, give me. And I'm not sure whether he's going to give me or not. It seems to be dependent on a whole bunch of factors that I have no idea what they are. Maybe God is just really petty or capricious. I don't know why he gives and why he doesn't, doesn't. And I don't know how it all works, but I'm coming and I say, God, give me. And God says, did you bring a 20-foot cube truck? Because that's what I was planning to give you was only going to fit in a 20-foot cube truck. This, this isn't going to work. What am I, I going to put in here? What am I going to put in here? God is gracious. God is so full of grace. What he gives us compared to our preparedness to receive is ridiculous, is ridiculous, is irrational. It doesn't make sense. It's difficult. One of the reasons why it's difficult for us to keep believing in the grace of God, in how good and gracious God is, that he gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us more than we ever could think or imagine to ask. The reason that it's difficult for us to understand that is because his behavior is irrational to us. It's unreasonable to us. His behavior does not make sense to us. We know that 2 plus 2 equals 4. We bring our 2. He, sees, he says he's going to bring his 2 and we end up with 10. We don't get it. And so it's hard for us to believe it. But when you experience it once and twice and three times again, when you see it in the lives of all of these saints who came before us, when you hear it, when you hear it in the lives of other living people around you who are struggling to live a godly life, it adds to the, it adds to the evidence that helps you to believe in that which you cannot see. That you can put your trust in a God 
who consistently, because it's part of his character, consistently gives you more than you know or think or could even imagine to ask because he is a gracious God. Show of hands here, how many people think that St. Fotini, the Samaritan woman, was expecting what she found when she came to the well that day? Yeah, nobody, everybody. We all know she was not expecting to find love, acceptance, forgiveness, restoration, and then to be made an apostle of the gospel. So this, this woman with her seedy past, so seedy she couldn't, she couldn't bear to look a single villager in the eye, at the end of that day is an apostle. How do you figure? How do you figure? That's God. That's God. She's right up there with St. Peter and St. Paul and St. And, and, and Matthew and St. John, St. James, and so on. St. Fotini, all our icons have names. Mark, the beholder of God. Um, St. Stephen, the first among the martyrs and the first deacon. The incarnation. Saint, the title of St. Fotini's icon is St. Fotini equal to the apostles. And that's exactly what she did. An apostle is someone who's sent with a message. She left the well, she went back to the city of Sychar and told the people who were there, you gotta meet this guy. Right? And at the end of the gospel it says, many more people believed because of what the woman said. And also many, the people said, we believed not only because of what you said, but because we heard, we came and we heard for ourselves. But it all started with what she said. Did she think she was going to wake up that morning and end that day as an apostle of Christ? Absolutely not. She was just hoping probably not to incur more shame upon herself than she had already. That is our God. That is his character. That his, is his unchangeable character. If he did it 2,000 years ago, and he's continued to do it over the ages, as you can see portrayed on the walls, and you can see in the lives of the holy people that have come before you that you've had an opportunity to meet, you can count on him doing that in your life and mine. Glory be to God forever and ever. And I have sinned. Forgive me. My fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters, please pray for me.